Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at Cursed Pirate Girl, Volume 1, Collecting Issues 1 to 3 of the Archaea Studios comic from 2009, written and illustrated by Jeremy Bastian. A very good Benjamin Ben. Yes. I have a rare treat for you this week. A rare treat? It's a rare treat, Ben. I'm going to provide this week's commentary on the comic in the style of the comic. So, yar, me hatey. It's time to talk about the comic. Yar, and so on. This is going to be the whole podcast? The whole podcast. What's a podcast, Ben? I'm an old-timey pirate. What's that accent? It's like, what am I doing? It's <laughs> That's Mullingar by way of the sea. <laughs> Mullingar um, on the sea, they say. <laughs> Michael, this is this is a, a batshit comic, What's isn't it? What's going on, Ben? This is uh, mad. This comic's mental. Benjamin, I notice you're going with the pronunciation. Cursed. Uh, yes, because I think it's more piratey. Yar, Yar, you cursed pirate girl, yeah. Mm, yeah, but it should saying. probably be cursed, isn't well, it? Well, look, it's up to you, Ben. Oh. Who am I to judge your lived experience? It's it's best it's best not to leave things up to me, Michael. Yes. Things don't get done no. if you leave them up to me. It won't be good, Benjamin. I got this comic book, and I picked it up and I looked at it and said, "When's this from? The olden times." <laughs> because it's got no colour, Michael. It's got no colour in it, Ben. But it's written with a it's written and illustrated in a manic, scribbly way, reminiscent of the olden days. Scrimshaw, Michael. Is that what it's called? No, it's not. It's it's like um, it's like the Mar- you know you know when you go and see the Book of Kells here in in Dublin, yes, Michael, and you you go in there and there's a little subsection when you go into the Book of Kells all about how scribes used to get bored because they were only young fellas, Michael, young and they were made to do this work all day. And sometimes you might have a little scribble in the margins, and it'd be kind of mental, and you'd make up a little creature, and the little creature might be blowing a weird trumpet in the margin. There might be a little cat called Pangerbon. Yes, um. I think it's very much reminiscent of that kind of thing. It's it's the illustrations that you'd find at the edges of maps and manuscripts mm. and, you know, medieval things. It's very strange. But it's not also dissimilar, Ben, to the, the grossness and the caricature of a Victorian newspaper editorial cartoon. A punch magazine. Punch Michael. magazine, Ben. Uh, very good. You know, one of the olden days. What's Paddy up to now? Look at him eating all his potatoes. Look at that big ape in a cage, yeah. wearing a carrying a shillelagh and a waistcoat. What's going on in the colonies? I wonder. There's a there's a lot of that, Michael. This is a this is a post-colonial wet dream, Michael, mm. in several mm. forms. Mm. Um, there's there's a lot going on here. So it's it's three issues, Michael, of Jeremy Bastian's great magnum opus. Um, and the bizarre thing about this comic, Michael, is it's it's. Not finished. This is one to three of six. Right. Um, the fourth was published as an annual. Right. In 2014. Yeah. Um, and by all accounts, Michael, Jeremy Bastian is going to finish it. When? I don't know. It's 2022 or whatever it is now, Ben. It's it's 2021, Michael. Lockdown three, 2021. Um, he'll probably finish it around lockdown 85. Oh, so next week. Benjamin, <laughs> I have to say I'm yeah. very disappointed by that, to be honest with you. Because I've got this thing in my hand, right? Go on. I've got this thing in my hand. It doesn't look like a traditional graphic novel. No. It doesn't feel like a traditional graphic novel. No. And, Ben, it very much feels like the story should be in here. 
All of it. All of it. Yeah. I mean, I started reading this thinking this is going to be a kind of one shot. Now, a, a one shot start to finish story. Now, you might say, mm-hmm. Ben, that is my own fault for being an ignoramus. Um, I say that quite often about most of the things you decided to do. That's mean. But Ben, that's what I felt. <laughs> I felt that this this should have been like a one shot, uh, a one and done story. And not only did I was I slightly disappointed to hear that it wasn't and that there's a second volume now because Ben you know I don't research the comic for this podcast because I don't want to repeat other people's opinions I leave the research very good to, I leave the research to you Ben but now I am even more extra disappointed to learn that the Go second on. volume doesn't even exist even though that this is ancient already yeah, so um, this is this is this is a twenty-year project, Michael, Benjamin. and it's the only comic book that Jeremy Bastian has really put out. I have a um, real feeling of coitus interruptus. <laughs> Go on. I'm like, what's going on? Where is the end of it? <laughs> I want I want to reach the climax of this comic. Has someone been interrupting your coitus, Michael? My coitus interruptus of comic book reading. Yes, absolutely. Ah, very good. Very good. Um, so yeah, I suppose we should tell people a little bit about what's going on here. It's it is in every sense uh, a sea shanty, a ballad. Go on. Um, that's that's the narrative structure here, Michael. It's the it's the mad, uh, twisty sea shanties of the olden days, and the main character of this one happens to be the cursed pirate girl. Yes, very good. Um, she doesn't get a name. That is her name. That's her name. Um, that's both her and name the whole purpose and her description. Um, and you'll notice, Michael, that towards the end of, of that particular volume, she is actually a sea shanty being sung. Mm, um, very meta. So it, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a little bit meta. It's a little bit meta. It's a little bit out there. Um, and the first three volumes are set in three very specific locations. So I suppose volume one is the real world. Right. Um, kind of a, a colonial hellhole of an island. Yes, yeah, St. Kitts and Nevis. Yeah, which is very... Yeah, it's very uh, colonial. Very, we meet Antonella and the governor, and they're grotesque kind of exaggerations of British finery and and the like. Everyone's grotesque, Ben. And everyone's grotesque. And the more haughty and and important you are, the bigger your head is in relation to your body. You've got a real Tweedledum and Tweedledee thing going on. Everyone's grotesque. Everyone's grotesque, Ben. Ben. Um, yeah. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so, it, volume two then takes us to the the Omertos Sea, and that's accessed through kind of an otherworldly portal. Yeah. Um, inside a fish's belly. Inside a big, huge fish that's kind of like a ship or a submarine. Um. So yeah, exactly. So what happens from there, Michael, is that the the comic goes off in the kind of fantastic direction that it goes off in. It becomes um, mental. It becomes mental, like a laudanum dream, mm. to keep in the vernacular of the bloody Victorian era, exactly. Then, in which this comic is set, um, so it becomes bloody mental. Yeah. So, mm. that happens, yeah. and then we're introduced to some pretty crazy characters, monsters from the deep, etc., etc., etc. A pair of sword and then boys. the the swordfishy boys, who are my two favorite characters in the entire comic, Michael. Mm. Um, they're a bit Don Quixote, a bit, uh, a bit out there, a bit Monty Python. Mm-hmm. So it's very good. And then finally, Michael, in Volume Three, we're introduced to Pirate World. We finally um, meet some pirates. We finally meet some pirates, which you think you'd meet more of, being called the Cursed Pirate Girl. Um, 
but yeah so there's three distinct volumes the art style is consistent throughout it's just mental it's mental then it's like a laudanum dream is which is a thing um, i just learned and it's a, it's a sea shanty and it's it's basically a, a, an extended nursery rhyme michael it's all a big mad thing ben ben i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you to do a few things for me go on i'm gonna ask you to take if you would alice in wonderland mm-hmm. take it there Take, I have put it. it in one hand. Here my hand. Put it in one hand. Yep. Now, Ben, yep. take pirates. Put it in the other hand. It's in my other hand. Now smash those hands together. You've done it. You've created this comic. Well done. I've done it. Oh, there we go. Yeah. It's it's sorted. That was easy, wasn't I've it? Just, I've just set off the dog. You've set off the dog, Ben. There's going to be barking and woofing in the background. <laughs> so shouldn't clap over the heads of dogs that no, don't, don't like, like it. it. it so yeah that's a that's a, a very accurate summation of this this is uh johnny depp if he was an alice in wonderland and a girl yes um, benjamin where is this from this is from 2009 so that's the height of pirates of the caribbean fever yeah it would have been right in the middle of there that's also around the time that we started to see one piece the japanese anime go on how does that got to do with anything the Japanese anime is a crazy kind of all-around-the-world anime um, that involves pirates with magical powers and they travel to bizarre locations mm. in search of the great pirate treasure. Um, now, obviously, in this particular case, we're not searching for any great pirate treasure. We're searching for a daddy. Yeah, she's looking for a daddy, Ben, because she doesn't have a daddy. Looking for her papa. Um, but the One Piece anime was also just just rising in popularity around that time as well. So I think we're seeing a lot of that influencing it slowly. As we said earlier, Michael, um, this is this is very much influenced by a lot of other things. Go on. Um, so we have those the the Victorian magazine. We have the sea shanties. We have grotesque illustration from earlier periods in history. We have we have a lot of sea lore Go on. Um, that's just wrapped in there. But you cannot escape, as you said, from Alice in Wonderland. There are sections of this that seem directly taken from um, Alice in Wonderland itself. For example, yes. Um, the the as you so accurately pointed out, Michael. Um, you mentioned Tweedledum and Tweedledee, but that's what the two Swordfish brothers are. In a sense, they're, yes. Their Tweedledum and Tweedledee with a bit of virtue chucked on in there. Mm. They're kind of, you know. They, they are distinct characters in Tweedledum and Tweedledee. It's not if Tweedledum and Tweedledee were Swordfish men. Oh, no, no, no. I, I mean, distinctly in the sense of setting. So, uh, another one that I would look at, Michael, is. Um, there's the scullery scene with is it Jack? Is that the name of the crazy man in the scullery? He's grotesque inside isn't one he? of the ships. He's grotesque. He's a very strange man. Um, everyone's grotesque. Everyone's grotesque. So, in, in that particular in that particular section, that's straight out of um, the oyster and the oh, what's his name? Oh, it's escaping me now. The war, the walrus, and the the oyster. I think is what it is. Um, from Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland, and it's also straight out of Treasure Planet because that's how Jim Hawkins meets yes, he's Long John Silver. Yeah, exactly. It's very Long John Silver. I couldn't help feeling boy. as well, Ben, when, when you know, when she meets the little ocean puppy monster thing. Yeah, he was gas. And then they get attacked by a kraken. Yes, and, big old kraken. And then the big twist is the ocean puppy monster's mother comes along. And it's a grotesque, lizard-esque hybrid creature with a human... Uh, all I could think, Ben, was here comes the Jabberwock. 
Yeah, it's a big old Jabberwock, Michael. Excellent, excellent illusion. It might not be the Jabberwock because I don't think the Jabberwock traditionally had the head of Margaret Thatcher, or maybe it's uh, <laughs> it's maybe it's not Margaret Thatcher. It looks a bit like um, what's that English actress Emma? Not Watson. No, the older lady, red hair. Usually, play, she's in Cruella. She plays the villain in Cruella. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. It looks a bit like Emma Thompson's head on a Jabberwock. I thought it looked like old depictions of King George from Punk Ma- uh, from Punch magazine. Oh, was um, was King George because a I think there's fellow. Uh, King George is famous for being. Uh, well, now let's be honest. It's not King George the second. It's King George the fourth, um, who was uh, apparently a bit of a dope. Um, famously played by Hugh Laurie in Blackadder as an absolute buffoon. Um, and boy, did that guy have a tough time in the press, Michael. Mm, yeah, now that you mentioned boy, it, oh looking boy. back, it is a bit more masculine than I remembered. Sorry. Sorry, Emma Thompson. Apologies to you, Miss Thompson. If you'd like to be on the podcast, do let us know. We do apologise um, for calling you a jabberwock. That being said, Michael, I do think there's something very charming to this comic. Um, it's it's almost a bit too much. Do you, th- do you think it was a bit too much, Ben? I, I think it's very hard to keep up sometimes with the level of detail that's being put into this and the level of madness that's being infused into it. Fucking insanity, it's, Ben. There's insanity. <laughs> Every panel is like a Where's Wally. It's either a Where's Wally or a essentially a crest. Yeah, it it's and it's got it. it the, the thing is, Michael, it it's so heavily it's like researched a from an art. Bosch, ben. Oh, that's a great shout, Michael. That's exactly what you're looking at here. Hieronymus Bosch on the high seas. Yeah, but also Alice in Wonderland. But also Alice in Wonderland. But also Where's Wally? But also Pirates um, of the Caribbean. <laughs> there's a lot going on. It's too much so, for my little so, brain. One of the things that I think is really interesting is how heavily researched it is because his framing, as he moves through this comic, he frames it like old royal crests and seals oh, and I just said things that. like this. Some panels are... Yeah. You, just, you did just say that and that's why I'm picking up on it. But sometimes on. I think those overstuffed panels distract from everything he's trying to do and it doesn't necessarily lend itself to a very clean narrative. No, it doesn't. But does it lend itself to a very clean... It's sitting on your coffee table in the Victorian period... And you go down, you have a snifter of snuff and some tea. Uh, some laudanum. Some laudanum. You have some laudanum. And you just open it on a random page and look at it and go, look at this grotesquerie. This reminds me of that time I saw Paddy. Everyone's grotesque. <laughs> Everyone's grotesque. It's horrible. It's um, going to be the new catchphrase for the Collecting <laughs> Issues podcast. Um, it's not called the Collecting Issues podcast, Ben. It's just called Collecting Issues. Benjamin. Anyway. Yes. Um, yeah, everyone's grotesque, though. And it is grotesque and it isn't, you're right, it isn't like, Ben, this isn't from that time. That's the thing. He's doing an illusion. Yes, it's it, he's, he's bloody, he's bloody playing homage. He's playing homage. Michael. He's having a mess around. But it is, therefore, a little bit harder to read if you are a Western American comic book reader and that's your only thing. Uh, yeah, I think to the point where you might even barely consider it a comic. I I don't think it is a comic. Oh, you son I, of a bitch! I, uh, this defies the logic, right? And so I looked up, I I looked up a few interviews with one Jeremy Bastian to try and understand. You know, why are you so crazy? What are you doing, Jeremy? What's going on in your noggin? What are you, 
what are you doing? And one of the quotes that jumped out to me, Michael, was, um, this is still my book. Uh, sorry, this is from Jeremy Bastian himself. Oh, do a voice. This is still my book written for me and drawn for me. If you're going to put out a story that is yours, you better enjoy every single inch of drawing it. I have challenged myself from time to time with perspective, and that's in quotations, mm. uh, but it is not my forte. I think it's important to try to round yourself out as an artist. The trick is to still have fun with the uncomfortable stuff. So I think he's just doing this for a bloody lark. I think this is a big practice piece for him. Mm. Um, because Ben, and I think famously, perspective on. was only discovered in the 20th century. It was. So it was. What are you talking about? Perspective. They didn't have perspective in the old days. Remember, the fuck they here. didn't have it. They didn't have any perspective. You're just rejecting the Renaissance. And the... Yeah, no, they didn't. They never figured it out. They were like, "Is that smaller, far away?" You know, the you know the paintings where true. there's baby Jesus and he's not really That's a baby. He's just a very small adult. You know. <laughs> I love those paintings. They didn't know what was there's going all, on. Why are those horses on the top of the, the National the, Gallery? Why are those horses on the top of the hill so small? Or so big. What's going on? They didn't know what perspective oh. was, Ben. They didn't get a grasp of it. Have you ever seen a medieval line, Michael? Oh, what's that? What's it? What's it about? <laughs> what's that's that's a, why doesn't it have Emma Thompson's face? But that's that's what's going on in this. And he's making up yeah. for the lack of uh, perspective with just intense detail. Yeah, so there's there's a significant jump, Michael, as one might expect from 2009 to 2014 in the quality of the annual that comes out after this. Um, and you can see that his skills have really improved and he's almost leaned even further into that heavy detail. Um, and it's, it's even more distracting. It's bizarre. Look at this. Um, Look at this image here of the two pirate ships in the storm. Look at that, Michael. And every single one that. of those winds has been painted on by hand. I know. Insanity. Insanity. I I think it's a mad thing. Um, I think it's up there with with the likes of bloody what was that Yoke Alan Moore put out Jerusalem was that it? Oh, is that the one about his, the his... the young girls all having sex? That's a bit gross, Alan Moore. Oh no, that was that was the weird Lovecraft thing that nobody Get liked. Get out of here, Alan. That's a bit creepy. Alan, give over. Give it, give it over. Jesus, Alan. Mm. Mm. Jesus, Alan. Ben, There's kids. Ben, Ben. Yeah. Do things like plot. And characterization, and you know themes. No, let's let's stick with the kind of the the surface level stuff. Plot and characterization. Okay. Do things like that matter in a comic book like this? No. Right. I see what you're saying. <laughs> but I think that entirely depends on whether or not you're trying to sell this comic book in an effective way. Okay. Um, this is not a comic book for everybody. No, I, um, I just want to see Captain America doing a flip and kicking a man in the head. Yeah, this this isn't for a for a Mick Leonard. This isn't for a, a it's barely for me, Michael. I, I would you like to know where I found this, Michael? TikTok. You found, TikTok put you found me this on this. TikTok. I found this on TikTok. Have you downloaded and I said the app to, TikTok? I've been on TikTok for ages, oh, Michael. Um and I said to myself, Oh, I like those pencilly drawing mm. boys. Um that's an interesting looking comic. I'd like to get my eyeballs on that. All right. Um and then I found a, a lovely second hand copy and I went, Yeah, l- l- give me some of that. Give me, give me some of that. This might um, be an interesting one for our listeners, Ben, because of all the comics we've ever covered on this show, this might be the one that's the hardest for the listeners to get. Yeah, I, I think it's I, I, it almost goes out of its way to defy the logic of what it's you know to defy the logic or convention of of the form it's taken. It's it, this is. 
I know we said Alice in Wonderland because yes, stylistically and thematically it's very similar, but it's also very similar in its goals. C.S. Lewis wrote that as a direct antidote to bloody serious children's books trying to teach people things. Mm, and being all, um, all grim and boring like the famous five. Yeah, he, I've, I've said, C, it is C.S. Lewis. Yeah, okay. Um, but J.R.R. Tolkien. It, it's not J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, who's, who's the one that wrote Narnia? That's C.S. Lewis. Okay, I'm I'm talking about Lewis Carroll. I keep saying yeah, yeah. C.S. Lewis. That's what it is. Uh, sorry, Lewis Carroll um, specifically set out Michael to write a book that defied um, the bloody establishment. Uh, the, the analysis. No, not even the establishment. At at the time that Lewis Carroll wrote um, Alice in Wonderland, Victorian's children's literature were frequently moral tales, um, mm. and they were written with a very either a very christian bent like c.s lewis like c.s lewis or a very a very moral preachy tone to them mm. and lewis carroll said to himself well that's not very fun for kids is it no the kids like that's the grotesque great. they like people with big huge heads and little small legs look i'm only interested in reading it if everybody's mm. grotesque everybody's um, grotesque so he set out intentionally um, to write against that and I think and Go this on. is probably giving too much credit to Jeremy Bastian I think this is just a, a comic that he wants to draw and I don't think he wants people to put it into you know the the canon of western comics and alt comics and I think this is written specifically to just be like no I like pirates and I like sea shanties and I like things like Jabber that a Jabberwocks. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Emma Thompson scares me, so I'm gonna work some of that out on the page. Benjamin. Yeah. Shut up for a second, though. Okay. Um. Oh, I've lost my train of thought. Benjamin. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Benjamin, this is like I felt. What, Alice in Wonderland would have been if comics existed back then. Yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> but also I, with pirates. I think that's spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Benjamin, how come? Why is it that? What is the situation that has led to this situation whereupon we're not laying into this for being derivative? Uh, so th that's an excellent question. Thank you. It's not my first day on podcasts. It isn't your first day on podcasts. I think, mm. I think, I don't know if this is a good comic. Oh. Um, I don't know. Like, this thing is covered in sound Detail. bites from other comic book artists. Um, and some big ones as well. Jared Way has weighed in on this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mike Mignola has given has his two in. <laughs> no. Mignola in on this. Jared Way has weighed in. Mike Mignola has Mignola in. <laughs> He's Mignola in. Um, there's a couple of other. Uh, David kind of... Peterson has Peterson in. He's Peterson. Go on. Who else is there? Quickly. David Peterson, Jared Way, Mike Mignola. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So there's a few other guys there from the 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 gentleman who wrote the Mouse Guard, whose name I can't that's remember. That's David Peterson. Oh, that's David Peterson. Okay, he's up there. And there's a few other there as well from from what would be considered, you know, the unique voices of comic book storytelling or the the alternative kind of American comic book scene. Um. And they're all going on about how original it is. I don't know if being batshit crazy makes you original. But Ben, it is original because how many other grotesque... Is it Victorian? Is Alice in Wonderland Victorian? Uh, Alice in Victorian is early Victorian. But okay. yes, it is Victorian. So how many other gross satirical cartoon style early Victorian comic books are there on the market these days? Ben, 
I'm going to answer yeah. that for you. It's none. None. <laughs> yeah. Now, you could argue this isn't even on the market because the bastard hasn't finished the thing. <laughs> That's true. And it's very hard to track down copies. Yes. But does it matter is the other thing because it's not about the plot, is it? No, it's not. It's a passion project, Michael. But I'm not even saying that because I don't care about the artist's intent, Ben. The artist's intent means nothing to me. Like it means the city, nothing to you, uh, Vienna? Like the city of Vienna, yes. Oh, damn it. Um, I stepped on your joke, Michael. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Bit. That is quite all right, Benjamin. I had a joke <laughs> earlier and you also ruined that one. I'll tell you on ah. the podcast. <laughs> um, oh. What were you also saying? So, yes. Remember, harken back, Ben. Harken back to the beginning of the podcast where I said I was disappointed to learn out that it wasn't finished. Yes. On the other hand, I don't really care because it's not about the plot or like what's going to happen. It's just about the next three issues, I imagine, will be a series of mad things happening. Yeah, it's just a bunch of madcap stuff. It's a bunch of mad stuff happening. There is a little threat, Ben. There's a little threat that the girl from issue one is going to come back and be important in the later issues. Poor Antonella. Yeah, uh, I thought Apollonia. She, Apollonia. I, sorry, I thought Apollonia was going to be the main character. Ben, I thought. I she thought was she to, was going. Yeah, yeah, I thought she was going to become the cursed pirate, pirate girl. That's what I thought too, Michael. No, but she isn't. She's just an entirely superfluous subplot. I I quite liked that. We we had our you know our um our reader's perspective character. You know, this world is all new and strange to her as well. And I was like, okay, we're going to follow Apollonia. And she's going to be separated from her dad and. You know, she's going to learn that her dad isn't a great guy during her time and she's going to take up the mantle of, nope, Benjamin, nope, n- none of that. Is it, though, because the entire thing is her imagination? Now, there's a question. There's a great... Michael, this is not your first day on the podcast. It's not my first scene. day doing podcasts, Ben. It's not my first day. You might think it is because I'm adequate at best. Ben. I tell you what I thought, Michael. What? I thought she died in issue one. The Apollonia. I, I uh, no, the cursed pirate girl. Right. I thought the cursed pirate girl might have died in issue one. This is her little travail through the, the bloody, the bloody underworld, her purgatory, mm. her her wander on through. Michael. Oh, um, that man took her eyeball out. Yeah, bloody Sharky. No good. No good. Bad bloke. Bad bloke. No good. Mm. Um, but the the idea that it might be Apollonia's imagination all over the place from one little glimpse of a pirate girl on the beach. Yeah, well, one little glimpse of a pirate girl on the beach who then she later finds out has been killed. And That's then she, good. she imagines a story about how she might have survived with a magical parrot. And, you know, that magical parrot was there on the beach and she saw the parrot. And, you know, you could put together all of those bits and pieces and create this story of what has happened to this girl. But he was just then, a regular old parrot on the beach, Michael. Exactly, Ben. There's lots of parrots on the beach in wherever this is, St. Kitts and or Nevis. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, oh, what a question! What a question, yeah, yeah. Michael. Yeah, we'll never know though, Ben, because it's not finished. <laughs> it's not bloody finished. So it's not he could change likely. it. Now. He could listen to this podcast and go, "Well, fuck those guys anyway." I'm going to <laughs> I'm make do it, some. <laughs> I'm going to make it that it was time travelers from the future who did it. <laughs> Next right. episode's oh. in space. <laughs> I hate time travelers from the future. <laughs> Fucking time travelers. Get out of um, here with time travel. It's the worst <laughs> story convention. No good. If tri- if time travellers aren't tossers, time travellers transport into the room now and give us a slap. See? No nah, see. cojones whatsoever. It just means no time travellers <laughs> listen to this, though. Ever. In the infinite future history of humanity, not a single time traveller ever goes. You know what? I'm going to stick it to those guys. Yeah, you you got him. We got him. Yeah. We got him. Um, uh, listeners, dear listeners. Yes. Hello there, listeners. Hello. 
What do you think? Was it all I a dream? Quite enjoyed it, to be honest. No, go on. Give us your wrap up there, Mark. Give us your no, I quite enjoyed it, Ben. That's all I have to say, really. I like the grotesquerie. I like. I, every now and then, you recommend a comic, and I say yeah. to myself, "Here we go, another bloody surrealist nightmare of someone having some sort of coming of age journey." Quest. Uh, it's a quest. It's another bloody surrealist quest of someone tumbling through <laughs> dimensions. And I was reading this going, here we go again with Colopies tumbling through dimensions and each dimension representing something about someone. And, you know, I, I got my I put my defensive heckles up, Ben. I put them up in the same way I did when you gave me Skip. Yeah. And whatever other bloody comics you've given me about people going undergoing some sort of metaphysical journey. Quite a few, Michael. Quite a few. But I like this. And I like this, Ben, because of the grotesque absurdity. Because, Michael, everyone's grotesque. Everyone's grotesque, Ben. I love that everyone's grotesque. And I love the fact that it's different and unique. And I've I've literally never seen anything quite like it. It, it seems to have taken on a second life, Michael, based on some reviews um, as a colouring book. Yes, I can see that. Yeah, lots of people buy it as one of those really intense coloring books. Yeah, um, intense adult coloring book for people I'm, with I'm, trauma. I'm not sure how Jeremy Bastian feels about that, but um, yeah, yeah. Let's ask him. Shoot him a tweet. <laughs> Jeremy, give us a shout. Yeah, um, old pal, old sport. If you can take five minutes out of taking the hours that it must take you to draw a single bloody Imagine character, how long it takes, Ben? <laughs> the, the hours put in there. Um, but yeah, give us give us a shout, Jeremy. Tell us how tell us how you're feeling. Um. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. thank you very much for listening. What did you think of this bloody, this bloody magnum opus, this bloody trip around every single literary genre? What, what did you think of it? Benjamin. You can let us know. Well, go on. I don't think you can call it a magnum opus when it's not finished. You, uh, this magnum. What did you think yeah. of this magnum? Um, mm, chocolatey. <laughs> chocolatey. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can let us know what you thought in a couple of different places. You can find us on the interwebs at our website, www.shomrabeug.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. You can find us on the Instagram, at Collecting Issues. It means Collecting Issues in English. <laughs> Very good. But the best place to get in touch with us, ladies and gentlemen. Where just, is it? We're, we're just so fresh, so clean, and so live and in charge. It's bloody on the Discord. Get up on the Discord. Hop up on the Discord, baby. Hop up on the Discord, baby. Do, do, yeah. do, 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 that's do, where do. I was going, Ben. I don't know if repeating what I said is necessarily the way to go. That, that's all, that's pretty much our entire podcasting career, Michael. <laughs> it's just me lightly repeating what you said, sometimes mm. with a wittier bent, sometimes mm. more often than not with a less witty bent. The less witty bent, um, yeah. We should have called this podcast <laughs> the less witty bent. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, you can join us in two weeks' time where, and I'm pitching this to Michael for the first time, we're going to be oh, taking no. a look at Thor Blood Brothers. Blood Brothers about um, two brothers. <laughs> it's about Thor and Loki and their relationship. Um, Is it Marvel or it's Marvel? Norse? Okay, no, it's all Marvel. right. Yeah, let's go back to something real standard. Let's, let's go, go back, back to, to a relatively well lauded uh, comic book. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, back to okay. the back to the grindstone of no Marvel tie-in <laughs> nonsense. It's not tie-in. This is an old one, way before. Uh, the Loki series was even a thought in Kevin Feige's money-making machine. Two brothers. And they have a strong bond. Right. But one of them turned into a snake and bit the other. Oh, because he knew he loved snakes, Ben. Because he, he knew I loved snakes. Uh, that's it from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Goodbye now. Yar, me hearties.